Hello and welcome back to the ring. I, of course, am your host, the one and only. It's yes, yes, hey, hey, it's me, the one and only BOB. And with me again this week is my trusty sidekick, the lawyer for the Dr. Bob medical practice, and the man who, the man in Florida that will not get you indicted for multiple treasonous counts, the one and only Rob the lawyer. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm 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 doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty. I'm I'm glad to hear you're doing well. We had a scare, and uh, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. So yeah, I know I survived. <laughs> that was it's not a fun, not a fun day. Yeah, no, I, no, I, no. I, I, it's so we can probably share for the ten listeners. Um, yeah, I ended up like choking on food yesterday, and we had to call an ambulance just to come and like save my life. That's... Like it, it was, they reached to use forceps to retrieve the piece of food. I was almost unconscious. That's how bad it was. That's uh very, very scary stuff. He sends me a message. I had a medical emergency. Can we postpone the taping? And I'm like, <laughs> medical emergency. Fucking of course. Like, see, was... but see, that's just show you how much this show means to me that I'm willing to, <laughs> that's like the first thing on my mind is not tell my parents that I almost died. It's. Or, you know, like my, my fiance was next to me when this happened. So she got to witness it all firsthand. Yeah, she but it was to knew. tell you, it was to tell you that, that hey, can we postpone the show? <laughs> are, are you okay with that? Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we, we had a little bit of a scare. Not as much of a scare as uh, apparently everybody in the women's division of AEW had last night when uh, both Britt Baker and Ty Valkyrie had less chemistry than. Well, I don't even know a math classroom, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was. So, so, wait, I only saw the finish. Was the whole match bad? From what I've heard, yes. I, of course, I did watch it. Oh. I don't watch Dynamite, you know. Yeah. As, like, I was saying before the show, once Collision started, and I realized, well, this is the show where they actually have the real wrestlers. <laughs> on a regular basis and and decent matches I'll, I'll just keep watching this and everybody else can play in the sandbox on wednesdays and fridays but um yeah i mean taya has lost a step i don't think that that's being unfair to her um you know she was never the best worker but she was always pretty dependable maybe she's lost a step maybe she's going a little bit slower because she doesn't have much chemistry with these girls because you know, there's no house shows and there's no developmental, so they get like zero chance to work with each other until they're in the ring. You know, yeah. Which is uh, again, <clears throat> Tony Khan had some sort of performance center where these people could train or at least work out or do something. You know, but whatever. I guess you know it's more important to rent out buildings so they can be half full than it is to, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, that's, that's the thing I don't get. Why just not move to smaller buildings? I mean, it's I'd beneath, rather it's have beneath a full, him. smaller building that would be loud than a half-empty arena that, you know, it just looks bad for your company. But yeah. anyway. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's like WCW used to do that. I mean, they ran the um, infamous Bash at the Beach two thousand uh, from 2000 when Jarrett laid down from, for Hogan. In a, I want to say a civic center. I can't remember what it was. It was barely, you know, I don't know how many people it fit, but it was like maybe just one, um, 
like bleachers of seats. It wasn't even like multiple sections. Yeah. And that place was loud and it made the show just a lot better. Mm-hmm. The entire thing was like it was it was a capacity crowd. Yeah. But could it could it fill a venue that like WWE runs on a on a regular raw? Probably not. I mean, because I don't I don't know how many actually sat there, but it was a small venue, mm-hmm. but it was packed, and it made the show that much better. Yeah, we'll allow. I mean, this and this was two thousand WCW when the show was you know when when you know it was just all Russo the, was all running the wild. Yeah, I mean, you had cruiser raids who made AEW stars look like they know what they're doing. They were just everybody <laughs> was just so green back then. Yeah, and this was you know that the crowd was into it. Yep. And I, I saw a post from uh, I don't remember what account this was, but apparently he made a he made a post maybe a few weeks before this saying like this was my kid's graduation. Look how packed it's packed larger than the AEW show. Oh yeah yeah and yeah. I then, that. And then he posted again like this is the same. Ironically, this is the same venue where my kid's graduation was, and they're not they're they, they, it can the it graduation can house, outdrew like, AEW. Yeah, and, and it can house like four times the amount that AEW is selling tickets for Mm -hmm. and it's like well why are you wasting your money on that i mean i I don't i've never rented a stadium obviously or an arena but i can't imagine that it's you know cheap no so if you're going to rent someplace big fill it and if you're not going to be able to fill it you know take a little take a smaller venue there's no shame in that ECW ran out of a bingo hall and then look how popular that was and it would look look at the crowd of that i mean that was insane back then Oh, People yeah. love that show. Well, I mean, you look at the the TV for WCW that we watch on, you know, yeah. the weekly show. There may be a hundred people in that audience, and they are loud and yeah. into it, and they get yeah. the they get it rolling. When you know, um, even a couple they are of into the, it. The matches we're going to watch tonight weren't in huge buildings, but like when the crowd's into it, they're into it. And, uh, and there used to be you know, a company. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I know Savio Vega was like the commissioner of it, and I would watch it after WCW folded. It was it, it all happened in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and it was they housed it in the stadium. They didn't draw, you know, it wasn't like the entire stadium was always full. It was like they partitioned off a small section of the stadium. And I guess that's just because of, you know, how, how how you know the area itself. Maybe I don't I don't know why they were using that, but the the crowd was always loud loud and livid, so it came off better. I mean, I don't know. Well, like, Puerto, there's Puerto ways Rica's to not, frame it. Puerto Rico is not a huge island, so it probably yeah, so you maybe know, that was the only place they could be. Really, only a, one or two places you could. And if there was another, uh, if there was another wrestling, you know, another wrestling company in there, they might have the the smaller, or the mid sized arena or whatever already booked up, or you yeah. know, because. Well, you know, yeah. if you if you're in like a territory, if you're running uh, a territory or a uh, um, a wrestling company in a given area, and you get to know the people that own the buildings that you're at every week, every other week, so on and so forth, they'll actually like call you if another wrestling company wants to use their building, and we'd be like, uh, should I let them use it? Do you have anything for these dates? Like, you know what I mean? Like, check with yeah. you first because you're consistently making them money. You know, and they yeah. don't want to step on your toes and piss you off and have you go somewhere else. So. Right. And my point, my my only point with that was, if you have a crowd that's into it, mm-hmm. it makes it makes the arena just a, a non-factor. Mm-hmm. But when you have crowd like a who only pops for certain things, like people doing six fifty dives off 
of a ladder or a bed and you can't consistently do that same spot the entire night, it's not going to, you know, you're going to notice when, when it's a smaller crowd. Oh yeah. And they wear, it's, they it's, wear, it's, it's, wear yeah. their crowds out with five hour freaking tapings. You know, yeah. Like <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, so the, the, the point of this, well, it, here's an interesting thing, you know, I'm going to, uh, collision not this weekend but next weekend right nice um i'm going to see it in greenville and when i went Mm -hmm. to buy tickets only half of the arena is even are they even selling tickets for it's a waste of money so like not to go but for them to like book a show like like that the card cam side i'm hoping that they sold enough tickets that they opened up more areas because Mm -hmm. collision seems to be drawing a bigger crowd than i guess or maybe it's just the building they were in this past weekend, but it looked like yeah. there were more people there. The crowds are more into what's going on because they're having traditional wrestling matches, you know, yeah. uh, they're building, you know, they're, they're getting the match over as the match goes on to where mm-hmm. it, you know, it means something anyway. Yeah. But uh, getting back to the Britt Baker thing. Now, Britt Baker, is not good in the ring. We know that, right? I mean, that's kind I of. I mean, a, she thinks she's good, and isn't that the important thing? I mean, I mean didn't can, she didn't she say we don't want to have models show up and teach them the same moves and same style of wrestling? We that's why we don't want a performance center, and that we can just learn on the job. So she thinks she's you know well, great. Yeah, well, you know, a uh, um... How can we put this? A sanitary technician can think he's a rock star, but if he gets up on stage and doesn't know how to play guitar, it doesn't make any damn difference. Um, true, true, true. You know, so uh, she can think she's good all she wants, but the the fact is the uh, the evidence shows, the evidence of my own eyes show that she is not very good in the ring. And uh, somebody was like saying, basically saying that you know maybe they should have a performance center so that people could you know, uh, uh, learn more. And Britt Baker considers that bullying because she calls, says that, you know, bullying isn't a good look right after she calls the woman fat and calls her dress ugly. Well, so, you know, (laughs) yeah, well, there we go. Exactly. You know, I, all, I, all I have to wonder is if this is the career she's going down, if this is what she thinks she's ex- excelling at, how how good of a dentist was she? De- is she? She still practices. Yeah, yeah, she still practices up in Orlando. And I, I, I kind of wonder how many AEW fans actually go see her because why not, right? I mean, I guess, but oh my god! Uh, well, I mean, I when mean, you go to the it, it, dentist, it, it, you don't see the dentist hardly anymore. Anyway, you see the, technician, true, the you know, technicians. The yeah. dentist comes in there for like two seconds, feels around your lymph nodes, and looks at your teeth and says, "Oh, okay, that's good." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you got a filling or something, then yeah. they, then that's when they get involved. But my, you know, I mean, geez, I mean, how, how bad of a dentist do you have to be that uh, uh, oh, you're you putting your stake funny? into professional wrestling? And you're not good at that either. So here's something that I, I just thought of right now, because I, I met Sting, um, I think a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the, on the 16th. Or that was two weeks. 15, he, he was up in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And he was telling us a story. Like he, he, he treated the meet and greet. Uh, he, someone asked, 
you're you're you're, you're uh, going in and out, but he did where he missed, and he hey, hey, about, Rob, like, he Rob, and, and oh, Rob, can you hear me now? Is that better? Yeah, you you you've been fading in and out ever since you went to say you you saw Sting. Hello. Oh crap! What happened? Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. 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 I can hear you just fine. Hello. Hello. I'm sure all the I'm sure the audience is really enjoying this. Okay. I don't know what happened. I don't know either. You were fading in and out. It was like you were uh, oh. your mic was cutting off or something. I can hear you. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, so That's, you went well, to say I'm Sting. back, and I don't remember where I was going with uh, or what we heard. I'll, I'll I'll start the story. Yeah. So I saw Sting, and he was telling us the story of his table spot that went horrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna misquote him, so I'm not even gonna try to quote him. He was telling about how he had a split lip, and that his teeth had got pushed to the. You know, like they, they just got they just got sunk in the guess. Yeah. And now I'm thinking, like, well, you know, you have a dentist there in Britt Baker. Why don't you go to her? No, he says he goes. He went. He goes. He's his own dentist, and to get it, to get it taken care of. So mm-hmm. I mean, if if you work, like I don't know, maybe it's in my in my line of work. If you know somebody can do it, go there. You give, give your friend some help. I, I guess Sting didn't think that. I, I mean, purely. You know, conjecture purely me hypothesizing. I guess Sting didn't think Britt Baker was that good of a dentist to help him out there. Sting Sting gets to the back and Britt's like, Hey, do you want me to take a look at that? And Sting's like, No, I'm good. I'm good. No, I'm good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to look like this. But uh uh speaking of funny things, hey, we're uh, uh we're well on track to me buying uh AEW eight forever for uh, ten dollars in uh in September. They can't even keep their online components active. I think I saw a tweet saying that at any given time, there's not enough active players to do that stadium, um, the stadium arena stadium. match yeah. online. Yeah, that's it. The game's not even out a month. Mm-hmm. TNA had a TNA Impact had a more. more um, I, I well, actually I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of a different game. But I know there was one wrestling game that was horrible and it's a good online component i think it was tna actually like that was that was um you know i was still playing online three months into it yeah it was still pretty you know active if i mean maybe you throw too much of a number but i mean that that was yours that was one of your big selling point think mm-hmm. um that they were having the stadium stampede and it's like nope no one wants to play it well no one can play it but, yeah so you may be right Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, not enough, not enough people. Well, if you buy the game, maybe you'll be able to finally play it. That'd be that'd be people who own the game. You know what's interesting? What's that? I think you know you have Meltzer and um, Albert always coming up with the random facts and figures. Have they released any information as to how many people have bought this game? No, I, I doubt that they will, because there's no way they could recoup. No the expense that they spent on the game no. so they're going to completely like bury those numbers yeah they mentioned that they've no one's mentioned the game online they mentioned like how bad it is and stuff but they don't talk about sales they don't talk about their review they don't say anything that they put clips up oh here's a glitch or 
oh, here's like a cool move or a moment. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about the amount of people who have bought the game. Yep. Or anything. Well, I mean, I, I went to. Everything I've seen from it has been nothing but but bugs. Like the the poor guy yeah. that was in a match that uh that sunk into the middle of the ring and got counted out. <laughs> oh, I saw that was fun. You know, I think I saw one glitch where the guy does like a springboard. Hello, yeah, you're doing it again, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know what's going on. It keeps. I don't the know. Connection looks good. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm gonna stand still in position since it seems to be working now. So, um, but yeah, I saw one move where they do a board Canadian destroyer, and the guy the guy misses completely in the um on the enemy and the and the opponent or the sprite still sells it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that. That's that's good. That's good quality right there. Okay. Anyway, uh, sorry, my my wife was going outside. It's okay. I thought I looked for a second. Okay. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, there's there there's your weekly update on AEW Wait Forever. <laughs> uh, let's see what else happened this week. Um, Kevin Owens and Liv uh, Liv Morgan are both injured apparently, so that's something yeah. that happened. Um, maybe they'll get the tag titles off of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and I wanted them as a tag team for a long time, but now that I got it, I kind of realize that maybe I shouldn't have wanted it so bad. Because <laughs> it's just, it's rudderless. Then, it, you know what I mean? It's like there's no... I get what you're saying. To me... To you what? There's no real direction with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was that. I don't, I can't really think of anything else that happened this week or these past two weeks. Oh, I got to, I got to meet the Miz. That was cool. Oh yeah. Miz was, how uh, was he? He was nice, you know, professional, but nice, but also kind of, you know, like, you know, moving people along. Uh, the guy was he, was he in character. I'm always curious about these things. If they're, if they stay in character or no. not. No, he wasn't. He wasn't really in character. No. I was wearing my, uh, I have the, the Miz. I'm awesome. The baseball tee, you know, with the, with the half sleeves. And yeah, uh, he was like, he's like, you know, I've had to fight really hard to get that t-shirt made because the, the people, the WWE was like, nobody buys baseball t-shirts. Nobody's going to win and wear this. Nobody's going to buy this. And he's like, well, this is what I want. And it ended up being his second best selling t-shirt ever. Huh. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the yeah, guy, I was looking at that shirt actually too. The, uh, the, what was that you said? I'm sorry. I always liked that shirt too. Yeah. I think I, I almost bought one when I was like trying to buy wrestling tees again, but then I was like, eh, I'm probably never going to wear it. But it was, the, it was the only Miz shirt I wanted to get. Was one of the best designs. He doesn't have a whole lot of great shirts. Um, no, no, not that, that is that is true. But uh, so he said that when I walked up to him, and then we took our picture, and he signed my Intercontinental Championship belt, and I told him, 
I've been waiting three years to get anybody to sign this because I wanted you to sign it first. Nice. And he's like, that's really cool. Thank you. Uh, you know, because that's the truth. I wanted the only two people I really want to have signed my Intercontinental Championship belt over the Miz and Bret Hart. Everybody else, because I had an opportunity to have Ricky Steamboat sign it, but I, you know, didn't because it's like I'm waiting for the Miz. Like this is this is my guy. You know, this is like my favorite guy of the past ten years since I've started watching. Past what seven years since I started watching mm-hmm. wrestling again. You know, so it was cool. It was cool to meet him. You know, see him in person, and yeah, he was nice. Like I said, he was kind of you know moving people along a little bit. Uh, but in a, in a very nice way, you know what I mean? Like come up high, shake your Mm -hmm. hand, take the picture. Okay. Um, the guy, two people in front of me was the, uh, the, it's still real to me guy, you know, the video. Yeah. Yeah. I remember him. And it's funny. I didn't even realize it was him because he's lost a ton of weight and, Mm -hmm. uh, he uh it's funny that he was in front of me. I didn't even notice because him and I were on Twitter we're talking on Twitter. This was last year, I think, maybe, because mm-hmm. I was looking for a copy of Bill Dundee's uh, "Don't Ask the Question If You Don't Want the Answer," his book, his, the book that Bill Dundee wrote. Yeah, and because uh, he was a booker in Memphis, and he booked a lot of other places, and was you know, I mean, that's anyway. So he uh, and this guy was like, oh, I'm here with Dundee and his manager and they have one copy left. And I was like, how much is it? And they were like seventy five dollars. And I was like, oh, I can't I can't spend seventy five dollars on a book. But apparently that's a lot of money for a book. Well, apparently Dundee's putting out a new book and it's going to incorporate the old book and a new half. So it's going to be basically both books put together. Um, So that should come out in October. So I'm going to go ahead and just get that. But uh, Probably a, yeah. a better deal, yeah. tons better. But I was just, it was just funny to be like, oh, I actually know that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. Wrestling, the internet wrestling community is weird like that. But yeah. um, so yeah, that was that was fun. And then Raw, of course, was amazing. One of the best crowds. I mean, I've always we're I'm lucky to be in Atlanta because Atlanta is always a pretty good crowd. But man, that yeah. raw crowd, we were we were on it, dude. Like, I haven't like we were chanting for Shinsuke in the middle of his match, and I haven't heard Shinsuke chants in forever. So Yeah, I think the last time I heard it was around WrestleMania thirty four. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, been a, like, it's, been a, it's been a while. Yeah. So we were I mean, we were all over it because it was a good it was a good show, and I think Atlanta really needs to have a pay per view, not like day one. I mean like a a real pay-per-view not the day one yeah. wasn't real but you know what i mean no i don't I mean yeah but uh i think atlanta would be a great place to have a yearly pay-per-view maybe even a <clears throat> starcade great american bash hmm maybe hmm? <laughs> well you can't do great american bash because nxt is doing that but yeah but you know anyway I, I, Atlanta would be a good place to have a yearly pay-per-view or even to host a WrestleMania because there's Mercedes-Benz Stadium right there. Big, huge, modern football done stadium. Have the uh, They've had one, I think. No, I don't think they've ever had a WrestleMania in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is due for one. They, they, have, they should get one. Survivor Series was in Atlanta about, about seven years ago, six or seven mm-hmm. years ago. They're due. They need one. I remember because Undertaker was at 
that Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. And that was the last opportunity we would have had to have seen Undertaker because he, uh, the, um, the next time they came to Atlanta was, I think, the Raw before WrestleMania where John Cena was trying to call out The Undertaker. But, of course, Undertaker wasn't there. And then he retired, you know, pretty much retired, retired after that. You know, he showed up at, what was that, the one WrestleMania where he beat up Elias? But that wasn't, you know... Um... Yeah, well, he, I mean, he had own yard match. Well, yeah, but that was during COVID too. I remember when that. That was that was during COVID. I don't. I don't remember. Was Elias after that or before that? I think it was before that. Yeah, it was, Elias was the year before, so that would have been twenty twenty. Where is Elias? I don't know. Is he hurt? I don't know. I hope not, because he just yeah. like he just got came back, just got his gimmick back, and now he needs to come back. You know. It's it kind of sucks because I always liked Elias. Yeah, I thought he was a good worker. Too. Yeah, same here. He was a better worker than I think he ever got credit for. Because I mean, there's only so much you can do when you're having five minute matches. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, that guy sucks. Well, yeah, he's in the ring like between entrances and everything. You get like three minutes of actual match time. So, what what can you do? What can you show in that? You know, you hit like two moves and then the other guy pins you. <laughs> but um, but anyway, AEW you can hit like sixty moves because no one sells. Well, yeah, and every match has to go twenty minutes. So true. That's, I mean, yeah, they they do have an ungodly amount of time, which has been nice about Collision because some of the matches have been like legit squash matches, like the Miro matches have been like two minute matches. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he comes out there, he beats the crap out of the guy, he puts the cable clutch on him and that's it. Uh, you know, and uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Scorpio sky, his debut match was against, um, who was that action Andretti, I think, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, it was, it was somewhat competitive, but it wasn't really competitive. You know what I mean? It's like one of the, uh, um, yeah, like when we're watching WCW and it's the, uh, uh, you know, during one of the against one of the better job guys, you know, so they get a little bit of offense in, but like Bill, like Bill Tab, you know what I mean? Bill mm-hmm. Tab will get a little bit of offense in, but it's not he he's not winning the match. <laughs> so, and speaking of WCW, we are reviewing WCW from February seventh, nineteen eighty seven, this week. A fantastic show, but not at all what we were, what I was expecting. What about you, Rob? I was not expecting the clip show, like you said, but it was, I mean, I don't think I've seen these matches before, so I was very happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was like, it wasn't a recap. It was just, it was all, it was all new to me. Yeah. I felt. It was all, yeah, of all recent matches, we get a, a little Magnum package at the very beginning. And then uh, a different intro, which I was like, what is this? And then we comes out, it's a, it's a clip show of uh, matches from house shows. And they're calling it Super Towns on the Superstation, which I guess is they're kind of like trying to go around and say, like, these are some of the towns that we go to. And it's all from house shows. Yeah. But, oh, man, what a great group of matches we got. <laughs> like, this is like a pay-per-view card. 
you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so it was really... I, 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 I was really happy about it. I wasn't... The commentary, having uh, David and, and uh, um, Tony commentate over the, the live stuff from inside the studio was a little awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah. other than that, it was... It, they, they were... Uh, these were some good matches. So uh, we'll get right into them. <laughs> so coming to you from Philly is Barry Windham versus Arn Anderson. Um, this was a good match. Uh, started off with some jaw jacking. Got a real hot start. Um, I liked Arn going outside to buy time. Of course, this is a you know common heel tactic. Mm-hmm. Uh Arn comes, Arn is, uh, they go to break, they come back, and arms up. Arn has got the advantage uh, using the ropes. I forget what he had Barry in that he was using the ropes. Probably a uh, um, uh, abdominal stretch usually is what Arn uses for that, I think. You know, I, I wrote down that the, about the leverage and everything, but I have no idea what it was about. <laughs> it had to be an abdominal stretch because that's Arn used that on uh, – on Bobby too. He uses that quite a bit. Um, yeah. Let's see. Barry gets a comeback or no. Barry goes over the top to the floor and Harn hits him with the, but then gets back in Harn hits him with a spine buster for a two count. Barry reverses it for uh, reverses. The gourd buster makes a comeback, gets a sleeper and then hits that sunset flip from the outside over the top rope and it gets the win and Arn gets the heat afterwards. Um, yeah, he did, he didn't give any opportunity to celebrate. He just went right after and attacked oh, yeah. him, which is something a heel should do. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially when it's a, you know, um, like a roll up finish, mm-hmm. and you're not like two days to you know you're not like laying on the mat because you took a finish. You're yeah, just he... you know you, you pop right back up. You should be so mad and you should just like clock him. And that was just a beautiful way to end that. Oh yeah, well you got to keep your heat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't have that. That can't be the blow off, and especially if he gets a quick one on you. Like you said, yeah. you're not too dazed. You're not out of it. You didn't really go down for a, a clean three, so to speak. Um, so yeah, get back up, get your heat on him. You know, beat beat him, beat his ass until he gets out of the ring, and then, you know, the audience will just boo the shit out of you, and they'll be like, "Well, Barry got you, but you just couldn't handle lose." You know, so on, so yeah. forth. You're you're an evil, despicable heel. That's what you're supposed to do. Um. So yeah, of course. Arn and Barry. I mean, we've seen them. Oh, have we seen them? Yeah, because well, no, I've seen them as we've saw them as a tag team because they were facing Tim Horner and uh, uh, Brad Armstrong in the uh, tag match. Yeah, I like that um, opening sequence where um, I think I think it was Arn had Wyndham in an armbar. Wyndham tries to arm. Dragon Mountain, Arn just like floats right over. Like he just continues to hold. Yeah, I I like that type of chain wrestling. I'm surprised a lot of wrestlers don't use that uh, technique anymore. But then again, we've gone from the old, you know, style of wrestling uh, WWE as you know, it's because it's more about WWE style at the point. Yeah, I'm sorry. You were breaking up there. You said we went from that style to more of a WWE style. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah, I don't remember exactly 
Yeah, Northern style. I forget what you. I I keep seeing my internet fade and out because we got a bad coming in. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the the Southern style. The Southern style where you use a lot yeah. of chain wrestling, and especially in the in the beginning when you use a lot of actual like more amateur style chain wrestling to kind of keep it slow at the very beginning. Yeah, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so we go to a break. Come back, and then we get your man, Mr. The One and Only Brad Armstrong versus Jimmy Garvin. And this one was in D.C. Uh, I imagine you enjoyed seeing uh, seeing Brad Armstrong on this highlights of matches. Oh, yeah. And especially in a good, like, you know, in a, a opponent who actually had, um you know, a character at this point, not a random jobber. Mm-hmm. So this was actually a very good, you know, very um smooth but that's always going to be the case yep. brad armstrong for the most part <laughs> um yeah, see i don't know if i wrote right too much about this match other than oh there was that one sequence where garvin has him in a, a some kind of leg vine mm-hmm. and brad kicks him off to the and floats over like he kicks him off holds him out, and then ends up catching him in a lock himself yeah, they trade just, where they trade leg locks. Beautiful yeah. transition. It was I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've and never seen when that I either. I saw Brad do that. Like, why has no one like anybody's trying to reinvent the wheel with these easy ass moves? You do something like that in the middle of a WrestleMania or a um whatever AEW pay per views are called, and you're gonna get a pretty good response. I was gonna go nuts. I see, like you just turned a, a submission hold into your own. Yeah, especially with something that hasn't been like like anybody's seen the reversed figure four. But yeah. to see like a like a it was just a regular leg vine transition to another leg lock out of nowhere. That's gonna be that's that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, he didn't I just it was like, like the best move of the match. It was like he was trying to get out of it, and instead of getting out of it, he just reworked the leverage into making his that into his own submission maneuver yeah yeah it was seamless and i loved it Mm -hmm. and i i think like you know people need to study these old matches to see where the best transition moves can come from and you can probably do a lot with this stuff and i was just like wow that 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 stood out for me to to me like big time in this match and it was just a simple you know like 10 second 15 second hold and that was like to me like the highlight Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I completely agree. That's almost like a, uh, and excuse me for saying this guy's name, but uh, that's like a Benoit Kurt Angle type of spot where it's like, yeah. you know, like just trading uh, submission maneuvers where you can just get out of one and get into another. And like, yeah, it's, 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 it was pretty amazing. Um, yeah. And I, it's, in, it's in unique ways too. I mean, you have no, I've never seen anyone do that before. I liked, um, Let's see. Jimmy Garvin got the head scissors on him, which was nice. I love you seeing yeah. people use the head scissors because nobody does that anymore either. And I'm like, that's like such a great move. Uh, great mat work. Uh, Jimmy's overconfidence was what, what led, led to his downfall. Um, but ended up Brad, he ended up sending Brad over the top rope for a DQ. So yeah. again, like I forgot that that was the old rules. That was, you know, companies should use those rules. It, it needs to be brought back. 
I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, I, that was that's all I was saying was it, it ended in a DQ, which again, both guys come out looking all right. You know, Jimmy gets to gets a complain because you know well, I didn't mean to throw him over the top rope or whatever, and yeah. you know, Brad can say that it's a win, but it's not a great, it's not a good win. He doesn't feel good about it. He wants a rematch, so on and so forth. Uh, so yeah, but no, the, the, the leg locks are definitely the leg locks and the mat wrestling in this one were definitely the highlights yeah. of, of the match. Certainly. Yeah. It stood out. And I, I don't remember why I wrote this cause I don't remember what was happening, but I wrote that Garvin's manager did a good job of actually being involved in the match. I don't know what she was doing, but she, obviously it was enough to get I, me to write it. <laughs> I think he was creating some distractions um at least once i remember her getting up on the apron to distract the referee um yeah she's also i mean you know anytime somebody goes on the floor and there was a little bit of floor action that precious is going to be all over them i'm berating them and telling them that they're awful yeah <laughs> so on and so forth but uh we need more man and then we talked about it with stacy keebler last time about how she was always like getting involved, but it's like to me, like you know, like that's what you need. That's what a man doing that. To me, you know, you got like a like you know, you meant that guy whose name we should never mention again. Mm-hmm. She great manager. Yeah, she. I mean, she was like you know, you know how Jimmy Hart had a stupid megaphone. <laughs> she didn't need a megaphone to be be heard. She was screaming and everything. And that was oh, just yeah. like it got you involved. And you know, like there's no one like she was, you know, like. Top, a top manager. Oh yeah, honestly. Well, I mean, uh, don't 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 disparage Jimmy Hart's microphone. Now that was oh no no no. I mean most, that was that was that was his gimmick. That was perfect. He was the I'm most saying, annoying like, heel in the. If it wasn't for Bobby Heenan being in the WWF, yeah, Jimmy Hart would have been the top heel manager. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. And he was the top heel manager in Memphis. You know, yeah. like the year that um, uh, when Jerry Lawler broke his leg and you didn't have Jerry the King Lawler in Memphis for a year wrestling, Jimmy Hart pretty much saved that territory with his Hart family, uh, yeah. you know, stuff. And, of course, Bobby Heenan is, you know, him and Nick Bockwinkle and, and Bobby Heenan is just probably the greatest manager ever. You know, hundred oh, percent. You know, <laughs> even Cornette would say that, and I'd put Cornette right up there with the those three. You know, and maybe yeah. Paul Heyman now. I think uh, I think Paul Heyman's a pretty damn good manager, to be honest with he's you. He's a great talker, but not to get too far off tangent. Look at who he manages. Well, yeah, but I mean, you 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 don't need to do much. For those people, no, but he Brock Lesnar, yeah, Roman but, Reigns. Look, I mean, look, look what he did with Curtis Axel and Cesaro. He couldn't. He he did not take them anywhere. Well, you can't, so you, you, yeah. Well, I mean, Curtis Axel was a lost cause to begin with. No offense to Curtis, I, <laughs> no, he's I a very know. nice guy, and I loved him in the Miz Taraj and the B Team. But yeah, you know, but uh, uh, Cesaro was just. I think that was more of a case of bad booking than anything else. Um, well, yeah, but that's how. But I mean, a manager is uh, the the, the uh, whatever. How do I want to put this? You can you got to make the best with what you have. Mm-hmm. And I know I know it was atrocious booking for Cesaro afterwards. I mean, he couldn't even use the giant swing anymore, <laughs> and that was his whole like 
I mean, he had a T-shirt that said the King of Swing, and they kind of like barred him from doing that for a while. So yeah, it was bad booking, but they didn't. He didn't. He didn't do much with him. Well, I mean, so I don't know. In, in Paul's defense, he was never very much liked by the back of the house. True. You know, and um, so yeah. I mean, it's really amazing that he got to do with Roman what he got to do with Roman before Vince had to, you know, step into the shadows because yeah, it really true. like it. I'm sure that was probably Roman putting his foot down the same way Brock put his foot down is like, no, this is my guy. We're doing what he wants. And if not, then I'm not going to be here. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, you know, like, cause I'm sure yeah. triple H probably gets along with him. Great. But you know, he he can ruffle some feathers, I suppose. I mean, there's still people mad at him over ECW, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that changed. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's still people mad about the invasion angle, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine who. Can't imagine who, who, who that could be. Can't imagine, can't imagine who's still mad at that. <laughs> Imagine who, who I tagged on Twitter that the other day, and they were like almost lost, they completely Tremendous. lost their shit over Diamond Dallas Page's booking. <laughs> oh, such a missed opportunity! It still pisses me off, and I wasn't even watching it at the time. Was, and I'm just like, how do you fumble something so fucking badly? Because the Undertaker didn't like didn't like it. I don't know. Uh I don't know. I, I think, you know, people accuse Hunter Stupid. of burying people all the time. I dumb think the Undertaker to, needs to. Oh, Jericho, like, it's a dumb decision by own committee. What was yeah. that? What did you say? He needs to be in that discussion. He needs to be at discussion. He may not have been as. What? what? Hmm? Can you hear me? No. Are, are you able to hear me? No. No, he needs to be in a, a discussion. Uh, what? Oh, I was. Well, I, I don't know what you asked me to. We were having issues here with my uh, connections. It seems to be going out. So here we go. Um, Undertaker needs to be given more credit, and this isn't a negative way, I guess, for burying people in the locker room and in the back. Percent, because. 100%. If he was the one who got Diamond Dallas Page not work to have him basically, you know, squashed, if that was his fault, then he was not doing what was best for fucking business. He was doing best what was, quote unquote, best for Taker. So, sorry, dude. Or best for Vince. We'll, we'll, yeah. I'll give him that. Because, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what's funny? As I think about that whole angle, you could have, you could DDP was the rock, two people's champions. That would have been made, that would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. Take title on Booker on the first night of Nitro. Or, I'm sorry, of, the, of uh, that first. Instead of Buff versus Booker, bring him to me, have, take the top of Booker and throw him up against the rock. And there's your. You know, I I don't I don't I don't know why they were paired up a Booker and Rock, but just have DDP and Rock, uh, you know, facing that would have been a better match. Mm-hmm. And then you can have Booker do whatever to do else. You're not going to use him right. 
No, they weren't going to use anybody right. So anyway, going back to the uh, DSW. I mean, you know, it's funny. They, they... Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm, I'm launching myself to. <laughs> not we'll, we'll forever. Yeah, <laughs> not that that's a bad thing. No, that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. All right. Anyway, um, so moving on. Next uh, match was the Mod Squad versus the Batten Twins in St. Louis. Who are these guys? <laughs> like, I didn't know. Who I don't either... know, but the comment was. Go ahead. I mean, I didn't know who either of these guys were at the beginning of this match, but by the end of the match, they had me into it. So, kudos to them. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I don't. All I had was in the beginning was the Batten twins look like porn stars from the seventies, and the Mod Squad looks like Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> What I, I that's that was the first thing that my, my my first initial gut reaction, and then it was just you know just good tandem offense by the twins, mm-hmm. and um they did like a head headlock takedown leg scissor takedown combo, mm-hmm. and they were actually wrestling like a, the Batten twins were doing a real like tag team match mm-hmm. or I'm sorry like 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 a tandem match they were using a lot of um you know double team moves using the five count. They were. It was a real good tag team wrestling match. You mean the the mod squad? The mod twins squad, or the baby I, I, I was, faces? Yeah, yeah. I was I was very confused to who who was who at one point. So yeah, yeah you're right. But yeah, yeah. No, the mod squad had, were all over this match, and they did it. They got they got the crowd into it when they got up after after we came back from the break. Uh, they were getting great heat on the twin that was in the ring. Um, the crowd was getting into it. They were really building, and they built to a hot tag, and they got a hot tag, and the place went batshit. People threw babies in the air. Oh, yeah. Come back. Because it was like, that hot tag was just like, oh, my goodness. But then chaos ensued when everybody got in the ring at once, and the mod squad ended up getting the win when they cheated. Yeah. Um, the failed, it was like a failed suplex attempt where the guy landed on top of him, and they held yep. the leg down. Mm-hmm. Classic spot. Classic cheat to win. The heat is in the cheat. It worked. It got me. Like I said, I didn't know who either of these teams were, and they got me into it about about by the time we were at the break, going into the break when the twins were up, I was uh, I was like, holy crap, because they were really good too. They were uh, very athletic. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I I I, really I, I really enjoyed this match. Same here. And I wrote down. I feel. I feel so bad that I didn't. I've never heard of these guys beforehand. Mm-hmm. I'm like. I. I like you. I have no idea who these people are, and yet they put on one hell of a match. It was just beautifully scripted. Mm-hmm. In ter- like every, everything made sense. They knew how to draw the correct amount of heat. They got. They drew everybody in, and it was just. It was beautiful. Yeah, it really was. I don't. I mean, like it was, and it wasn't anything. Nothing was outlandish. Nothing was crazy. Everything made sense that they did. I really enjoyed it. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. I I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was one of my favorite matches actually from this uh, series of matches, and there's some big time matches to come. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so let's see. We get Paul Jones, Rude, and Bull, and uh, Raging Bull doing a promo. I really didn't say anything about that other than I love those belts. The silver with the gold <laughs> eagle on it, man, that's just, it just looks so cool. And 
every time I tell you know, hear people talking about what are the best looking tag belts, I'm like, those are the best looking tag belts. <laughs> like those look yeah, like I agree like actual like you know worth of you know fifty thousand dollar like championship belts. <laughs> so anyway, if we get new tag belts, I hope they at least look like the NXT UK ones and not. I hate the tag belts on oh, in the WWE. They Even look the like bronze coins. ones. I just I was like they're just they're just, eh, they look they look I don't know lazy. I think is really the best way to put it. They look lazy. I don't. I they just look, they look cheap. Yes, that's how I would describe them. They don't look like. Like it's not even just the color of the of the um, plates because I think even like um like I don't, I don't maybe it is it's just it's like it's that brushed finish that doesn't really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. It's just like eh, it's a it's a belt. I don't even, I like I'm I'm literally trying to remember if I'm thinking of the right title at this point. Like I know it, there's a red strap and a blue strap, and my mind is wondering if it's like still the like bronze. Uh, plates or if they're the silver plates now no, they're silver. or if they're something completely different they're silver but it's still the same, exact same design as the bronze plates yeah i mean they, they the, the bronze ones look like pennies to me like yeah. real like enlarged pennies and these look like just like you know nickels <laughs> nickels yeah, yeah. They, they don't they don't like even like the nxt women's championship from like when the the, the original era that looked like a title to me you know yeah. it looks I mean, it, it's not my favorite title but it still had that like look to it this is just it looked like a know. prize it looked like something to be sought after i don't know how to yeah. put that yeah like okay uh, this is the best way i can describe it if i were to take the any of the world titles from any company and drop it on the floor people would be like oh god what did you do mm-hmm. if i drop the tag titles on the floor it looks like they're made to be thrown on the floor that's the <laughs> second to describe it, it look <laughs> like they, they're tacky cheap and just you know made to be thrown around yeah no i mean i can't i can't disagree with you at all there um mm, yeah definitely <laughs> so <clears throat> I, I, i'm bad at analogy <laughs> now now <laughs> no 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 i agree you, you that, sorry you a, popped me and I'm a little, i need to get some water here here we go okay so speaking of tag teams Come moving along to the next match. <laughs> Ivan Koloff and Vladimir, um, whatever his name is, Vladimir. Um, God, I can't remember his name now. <laughs> I, I don't want to. It's not Putsky. Trump. Anyway, Ivan and Vladimir versus the Rock and Roll Express. I think it's Petrov. No, Vladimir Petrov. Yeah, that's it. Vladimir Petrov and Ivan Koloff versus the Rock and Roll Express from Hollywood, Florida. Um, I wrote at the beginning of this big test for Vlad because this is the first time I've seen him in a real uh, against a real team. You know what I mean? Um, the Rock and Roll do a yeah. good job putting him over early. He wasn't doing too much, but everything he did was effective. Uh, they finally he tags in Ivan. Ivan comes in to shine up the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, I wrote Ricky wrestles like a small guy should every, every person under what five foot 11 should watch Ricky Morton wrestle and pick something up from him because the guy is just absolutely amazing at 
wrestling as an undersized guy. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, uh, then they bring Vlad back in to take over on the heat. Uh, Robert receives, is, re- receives the heat. Uh, the heels, I put great distraction by the heels. I don't know what they were doing, but they created a great distraction. Like I said, I watched this like two weeks ago, so I can't remember a lot of it. Um, Same here. Uh, the rock Same and here. roll. Ro- I put rock and roll play in this perfect. Uh, the, finally, Ricky gets the hot tag, uh, gets a sleeper on Ivan, I believe, and then Vladimir comes in with the chain, and there's a DQ. Rock and roll win, but Ivan and Vladimir get heat after the match. I put A+. plus. So apparently I really enjoyed this match. It was really good. I, mean, I was confused as to why they were doing two tag matches back-to-back, but mm-hmm. they were what enjoyed. They were while they were and doing two, two R&R, tag matches. What is always, um, you know, they're nothing is not consistent. I mean, they know how to do. Oh, I said I wasn't sure why they did two tag matches back to back. I thought that just was up. They did a good job, you know, keeping it different. Yeah. Like yeah there's two different styles of yes. tag matches. Yes. Very much so. Um, so yeah, yeah, rock and roll. Of course, rock and roll are always you can rely on them, like you were saying, to always put on a good match. But I feel like they did Vlad right here. I think that they did. They made him look like the strong beast that he needs to look like if he's going to go up against Nikita. Um, let's see. We go to the break. Come back. There's yeah. a thing with the Crockett Cup and an interview with some people from Baltimore. I don't care about. Crockett Cup was April 10th and 11th. Maybe we'll, maybe there's actually some good footage because the 86 Crockett Cup, I tried to watch it and the footage was just so bad and so degraded that it just, it was, I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. You know what I mean? It was one of those, like the camera angle was odd and the, uh, the, uh, you couldn't hear the announcements. So it just it, it wasn't it wasn't that great. Uh oh. Uh oh. What's going on with Rob? Looks like he might have. Is he going to come back in? He might have lost his internet connection. Apparently, there's a storm down there in Florida brewing. There's a storm a brewing in Florida, in the Florida, and he's uh he's not in the thing now. So, we don't have a. All right, folks. Well, we're going to give Rob a, a few more minutes if he can reconnect. He's still in the chat or he's still in the Zoom call, but he has no audio. So, we're. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, no. Oh, we lost him. All right, folks. Looks like that's going to be the end of the show for now. We will have to pick up later at another time. You guys have a good night. And, uh, well, don't have a good night. We'll be back. For you guys, we'll be back in a minute. For us, we'll be back in another day. All right. See, I told you all it wouldn't feel like that long to you. 
it's been days, weeks, months. No, barely. It's been minutes for us. But we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. What were we talking about? You were talking about Rock and Roll Express. Being... Yeah, I don't remember what I was saying. Other than that, they were, you know, you, you can't. I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm, I'm trying to pick it back up, but I don't know. <laughs> you can consistently rely on them to do the right thing and put people over and do oh. the get a good match. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure that was what I was going with. Because <laughs> that, that does, good. yeah, it sounds good and also fits what I always think about the Rock and Roll Express. So yeah, we'll go with that. It's a known commodity. You know exactly what you're going to get with the Rock and Roll Express, and they always deliver it. You know. I'm not saying yeah. it's always the same match. That's not what I'm trying to say here, folks. But it's... no, it's just it's just that they're always consistent. They know how to put on a good story. Yes, they do, and they know how to work with whatever size or opponent that they're working with. Because working with the Midnight is much different than working with a guy like Ivan and Vlad, or uh, or the Road Warriors, or Arn and Tully, or or Arn and Oli. Anyway, speaking of Tully. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, next match was uh, Tully versus Dusty in Los Angeles for the TV title. And uh, let's see, this was um, Dusty's the television champion. I think he he actually gave uh, or does Tully's the television Tully, champion. I think yeah. he actually gave Dusty like twenty minutes in this match for the uh, for the TV title. Um, I put I wrote down Tully is the most natural heel ever. Like, he just, the guy just looks like a prick. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it it's so effortless from him to just look like a an absolute asshole that uh, it, it just, I don't know. I, I think more people need to study the way Tully Blanchard carried himself as a heel in the 80s. If they want to be taken seriously as a heel now. Does that make sense? hundred percent. I mean, Tully just had this swagger about him where I don't know how to describe it, but like, I was trying to think like, is there a movie reference I can come up with or something, but he just had this natural swagger of, you just want to see him get what's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, he had and... this, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. He... It's almost like, how do I put this? AEW fans aren't going to like this. It's like Tully Blanchard is what MJF wants to be. 100%. I know what you're saying, and that's completely true. Because I, Tully's not there insulting the fans in order to generate heat um, to, the, to the extent of MJF doing it. But he's got this essence about him where he everything he says just pisses you off. I'm better than it, you, and you know it. Yeah, you he know. doesn't have to insult you. No. To make you feel that way, it's just the the, the word choice, the, the the tone, the way he delivers that promo, the the, the comments, the way he just carries himself in that ring. Mm-hmm. It just gives off the everything about this is beneath me, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna have to just power through it because this is just a waste of my time. Yes, that's, that's the whole persona I get from him. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why you're I don't know why you're standing across from me. This is just this is an insult to me. Yes. And he doesn't have to say a damn thing. He doesn't have to tell the fans to, you know, F themselves or whatever. He just has to just look a certain way and it's just 
the Ugh. look on his face, the way he takes off the robe, the way he looks over at JJ, the every little thing he does presents himself as exactly exactly what you said as above all of this as so yes. much better than this that he can't even believe he has to be here to do this he right. can't wait to get out of the ring and go back and shower and go to the hotel room and party with the girl party with the guy you know what i mean yeah like that's exactly. what he's that's, interested that's, in he doesn't care about being in the ring he doesn't care about wrestling because he's already the best that there is at it you know what i mean like yeah 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 He's already he, he's already figured he's won this match. This is just a formality at this point, mm-hmm. and it's a shame that he, the guy's just not forfeiting. That's how yes. Tully carries himself. Exactly. And you know, there is no <laughs> one perfect. on the planet that does it better than Tully here. And I think you're right. MJF MJF wants to be Tully, but he can't. He's missing something. And that's why he's relying on his just, I'm calling them abusive promos because that's all they are. If I went, anybody can take a mic, go out there and just insult the fans. MJF. They that, that's, that, that's the Mick Foley way of getting a pop. You're yeah. just insulting the fans. You're insulting their city. Oh, wow. That's so innovative. No, that's been done since the beginning for people who just had no idea how to get over I mean, there's and, something to say about insulting a city. JBL doesn't yeah. like nobody else. But I mean, that's that, that. But that's. But people are saying MJF is the greatest heel ever because, and that's oh, that's all he really does. MJF is not even close to the greatest heel ever. MJF isn't even the greatest heel in wrestling today. No, no. no but you, that, but it's like blasphemy to say it to say that. Yes. If you were to tweet, if you would tweet that, uh, on a on an AEW like when AEW is like highly um. Um, trending, you would be crucified. Mm-hmm. No one wants to hear that MJF. MJF is just a cheap pop machine. That's all he is. Well, here's the thing. MJF, there's potential there. I'm not going to say that there isn't potential there. But the problem is, and this is this is a problem. This is the thing with, that, you know, Cornette doesn't see because, you know, Cornette likes MJF. MJF wants to be a cool heel. He wants to be cool. He wants to be funny. He wants to be yeah. clever. You don't get heat by being clever. You don't get heat, get heat by being funny. You don't get heat by being cool. You get heat by being an asshole, being an absolute prick to everybody all the time, especially now. Like, Baron Corbin is a better heel than MJF is. Yeah. Because Baron Corbin gets... People legitimately do not like Baron Corbin. And there's a reason for that is because he comes off as a prick on television. And that is on purpose. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, anyway. So we have Tolly, one of the greatest heels ever. Um, <laughs> that's the thing we were talking about. Who was it? I was talking with somebody about you know cool heels and they were like we got like the horsemen and i was like the horsemen weren't really cool you know what i mean like yeah they had women and money but they rubbed it in your face all the time they were jerks about it they mm-hmm. uh you know what i mean they weren't funny really they weren't entertaining in their promos except for flair but that's just flair and he was such a braggart and a 
you know, presented as this uh, silver spooned, you know, uh, gotten everything he wanted his whole life rich kid that it's, you know, it was off putting, especially at the time in the 80s. And when you pair him up against, you know, like uh, a Barry Windham or a, a Dusty Rhodes or a Brad Armstrong or somebody, you know, that's, you know, obviously, you know, middle class, lower middle class, hardworking Americans. That was the storyline. Yeah. But the horsemen were not cool. <laughs> they were. <laughs> we look back now and we're like, oh, they were so cool. But at the time, we hated the four horsemen with a absolute passion. Um, yeah. In the moment, they were not cool. I mean, you can like, like what you said, you can look back at them and think they were cool. But in the moment when you're living it and you're seeing, you know, you're seeing how, um, I don't know if I want to say unrelatable, but how like they just looked down on you. Mm-hmm. You didn't think they were cool. So you I didn't want to be like them. You wanted to see them just get their asses kicked. Like MJF, like MJF's catchphrase, they actually were better than you and they knew it. Yeah. And you know it. You know what I mean? And they never let you forget it. But so quit cracking jokes. Well, I think MJF beating the shit out of Adam Cole is going to get him some legitimate heat. Because everybody loves this MJF Adam Cole pair up and their little videos and stuff together. So I think him beating the crap out of Adam Cole after that tag match or leaving Adam Cole alone in the tag match or whatever he does is going to actually get him some real heat. Hopefully. You know, I would agree with you and maybe it'll be for a little bit, but this is the Jericho MJF thing all over again. Mm -hmm. It's literally the same formula. Mm hmm. And I don't remember how long that feud sustained him. Well, that feud didn't do anything for MJF. Okay, then I, I mean I don't see this one doing any any better. I mean maybe the in, it, it'll maybe get a you know the shock pop that'll yeah. happen when he does the turn. But yeah. I don't I I don't think Booker of the Year will know how to capitalize on that. Well, see, that's the that is the whole thing. If this, okay, I'll put it this way: if this feud could take place solely on Collision, I think he would have a chance. Okay, Adam Cole I can buy MJF. that. I buy that. But if it's going to continue on to Dynamite and Rampage, no, because there's they're they're going to flub it all up. Yeah, because that's what Tony Khan does every time he gets a hot angle. That's why. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why the people that are on collision are on collision is because they're like, and it's just keep I, us away from Tony. Yeah, keep us away from Tony or the bucks or whoever it is. That's in Tony Khan's ears on Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about something that's overbooked, I don't, I'm not going to say this is an overbooked angle, but there, this is one of those storylines for AEW that really can't afford to fail. Mm-hmm. You have the world champion. You have them doing rerunning, basically, the MJF-Jericho feud. Mm-hmm. And you have them, you know, like, it's 
probably biggest star right now that they're using for for a main storyline. Yeah. If this goes nowhere with a, it's your world champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, like what what more what more do you need to put on this to get something to be sustainable and a big payoff? Well, it if also work, I don't know what I, I mean. You can't claim he's book. No one can claim he's Booker of the Year. He's it's well, Dave the kitchen's Booker of the Year. year. Well, Dave's an idiot at this point. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> but well, no, I, I get what you're saying, and also you got to remember he's coming off of a uh, a, a kind of a, another, let's say, lackluster to say the best to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, a lackluster program with the uh, the the four pillars or the three pillars or whatever of yeah. AEW that whole debacle which honestly i swear to god should have just been darby versus mjf because darby is the only one who has any damn personality of the three of them darby was the only one in that feud that could possibly be a threat to the world title yes the rest i i don't even remember who was involved in that that's how bad darby and jungle boy and sammy guevara yeah which how sammy guevara is a pillar i have no idea because the guy is just he's bad I don't know yeah. what a, I don't know what constitutes a pillar for AEW, but I I swear you probably need to add Dean Am, uh, sorry Mox and Jericho to it because I don't know I'm, when I'm thinking pillars I'm thinking well, franchise I'm thinking people that you recognize and those two more so than well the pillars are supposed Jungle to be Boy, I guess whatever. the young up and coming up and coming guys that the the company is building itself around for the future. Oh god, if that's who you're building around, I feel sorry for this company. Yeah, I know. Like meanwhile, you've got powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who are you have you know, who are actually doing some of the best work of their career over on collision. You can't see me. I'm shaking my head right now. You have um how do you pronounce his name? Wardlow? Yeah, Wardlow. That he's not a pillar? You're mm-hmm. not considering him someone to build your future around? The, is it just because he's a big guy who would fit, who would fits, uh, you know, the WWE's prototype more so than AEW? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's because he's a big guy and he doesn't get along with the young bucks. Oh, jeez, that's. I mean, you, I, we talk. You know, like people talk about how the NWO and you know, like the creative control back then ruined wrestling. This is this is why AEW is failing, mm-hmm. or will fail. Yeah, you. I mean, I. Granted, I don't watch it. I I mean, I've, I've watched a few clips of Collision, and I will give you this: it, it is far. There's something better about it than than a clip on Dynamite. There's something different. Okay. I don't know what I it s- is yet. I'm I'm going to watch this weekend. That's how. That's I'm letting you know that. I'm I'm telling you, like, there's something different when I was watching the clips. I don't know what it is. I, I want to see the full show now. The episode with uh, the first FTR versus Jay and Juice. Uh, match in uh, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe saved on my DVR in case I want to go back and rewatch that Samoa Joe MJ or uh, Samoa Joe CM Punk match because it's so good like it really is it it's just goddamn it's so fucking good well see that that, and you know that I can't remember what clips I saw but I mean I don't even know if they were from like last week's show or a few others but it's it got me intrigued I'm gonna see this but if you're you know like it looks like a different wrestling show yeah, it looks like a completely different show. It feels like a completely different show. That's why I bought tickets to go see it because I was like, I need to support this show and do everything I can to make sure that it's getting ratings and viewers and and uh, you, know, you know money. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, because I want 
this show, this is the show I want to continue. This is the only show by AEW that I actually like and enjoy watching on a weekly basis. I quit recording Dynamite. I, I never recorded Rampage because that show is a waste of everybody's time. <clears throat> but, yeah, I think, I honestly, I think what they should do is they should put the Young Bucks, they should switch them out. They should put Collision on Wednesday Put the Young Bucks and their, you know, very gang of gaggly fucks on uh, Saturday and have Friday be a like like a recap clip show where you like flesh out some of the storylines that are going on and remind people everything kind of like a you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it's like make, make Rampage like. WCW Pro yeah. or uh, main events, mm-hmm. you know, like where it was just like random matches thrown here, but it was more like to recap what was happening that week. Yeah, like give them like two matches, and most everything is just you know promos or clips from you know the previous highlights. Yeah, because then you can <sighs> actually you know because then you're only focusing on two shows. And, yeah, you know, and and you cut completely cut your rampage budget because. There's a difference between filming a whole episode of a television show <clears throat> during a live taping and filming like they do with main event two matches before Raw even starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> so anyway. <laughs> but anyway, back to the whatever the point I was gonna make. You so you can't so you you I don't even know. I'm I just this booking really confuses the hell out of me with AEW. I mean, like, yeah, Wardlow, he's got he's got talent. Make him a pillar. I, I we we'll just go back to the show because it's just yeah. it's well, so the confusing. Whole, the whole pillar thing is stupid anyway because it's a Japanese concept from uh, New Japan, or, or I think it's New Japan. It might be all Japan. I don't know because I don't follow Japanese wrestling. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, you know, call me whatever you, you know, want, but, no, but I don't follow Japanese wrestling. But here's the thing: the NWO invasion that was a Japanese wrestling concept that Bischoff took and brought it to the states. Mm-hmm. So, it you know these Japanese storylines aren't confusing. They're not designed to be. They get confusing when you when they're in the hands of people who don't know how to properly book the company. Well, it's it's like this, like with the NWO, and Bischoff says this himself. He had no freaking plan. No. Yeah. You don't start a story without knowing how it's going to end. That is true. Like, you I don't... mean, I get it. Live TV forces your hand to do certain things, but you stay the course. You have a, you, know, have, you a have a plan. Yeah. That's why I hate all this stuff. Oh, you got to, you, you should have given Cody the title at WrestleMania or, oh, you, you need to give, um, uh, Sammy should have. You need Sammy needs to Sammy. win the title. Jay yeah, needs that's to not win the, the story. Title. Yeah, that's not the story. You can't hmm. just you can't just hot shot the title around because oh he's doing great this week. I love L.A. Knight. I think he's going to be a big star. But yeah, and it, and and I was like you. It made it irritated me that he didn't win the match to face for the to face uh, theory for the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. But you know. If there's a bigger story for him that he's going to be written into, look, we don't need that right now. The past year, if the past year has taught me anything, it's to 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 let it play out because, yeah. I mean, 
And, 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 you know, I've never thought I'd say this about WWE ever, ever. But this past year with Hunter as a head of creative, every time I've been really pissed off about a creative decision or who or a booking decision or anything like that, I've always come to be I've come to be like, oh, I guess it is better this way. You know what I mean? Like when Cody lost at Mania, I was so fucking pissed off. I was ready to stop watching wrestling altogether. I remember. And I like my wife was like, just let them let 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 them let them just just let them just see what they do and let them get you back into it if they can. And I did and they did and now I think that uh that maybe the story's better. I don't know. I think all of the stuff that's going on with Roman could still be going on without him having the title, but whatever that is what it is. I don't want Cody to beat a defeated and and down on his luck Roman at WrestleMania. So However, they're going to do it. They need to do it, but uh, but still, I trust I trust Triple H more than I ever did Vince. And here's another thing: Vince would have hot potatoed the championship. Oh, 100 percent. He would have hot potatoed it. I mean, he definitely would be putting it on Jay right now. Or, well, no, I don't know. Roman's his guy. Not so. Jay. Yeah, not Jay. That's the thing. That's the worst thing about Jay. Like Sammy. I could almost see the argument for because Sammy's over enough that he could carry the division. You know what I mean? Cause he's got that Mick Foley level of love from the audience where he can mm-hmm. pretty much do no wrong, but that wasn't Sammy's story. Wasn't the championship. So that, that it wouldn't have made any sense for him to win it. Jay can't carry the singles division i i don't care how good he's gotten as a singles competitor he's not the guy to carry the company there's only one guy in wwe right now who can carry the company and be the face of the company and go on talk shows and go on game shows and give interviews and that's fucking Cody Rhodes. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody who doesn't see that, who doesn't understand that. But he's the guy. So let's make him the guy and stop trying to make everybody else better than they are. Yeah. Sorry. And he no, agrees you're right. with I mean, me. And Rob thought Cody was a mid-card guy at best. So there yeah, you go. I, I agree with that. I'm I'm a hundred percent. I'm I'm more sold on Cody right now than I was when he first came in. And to put the you know, like you gotta build them up. Mm-hmm. You gotta give them opportunities. And you're right. I mean the, here's the thing people forget about love, you know, about um wrestling in general. It's a business. Whoever is your world champion is the face of your company, mm-hmm. whether it's you know, like whether it's what you can have, like, okay, when when you look, look at Cena and Batista and Randy Orton, yes, all three of them, great claims to the world title. John Cena is the poster boy for the WWE, but when you had Orton at the top, Batista at the top, or Cena at the top holding that title, that's who casual fans are going to see as like the leader of the company at the time, mm-hmm. as the you know, as the person they all have to aspire to or person that's going to be, you know, like, I don't know how to describe it properly, but, you know, it's the, it's the, like, the figurehead of your company almost at that point. Yeah. 
I'm not going to buy a Sami Zayn who's not been properly built. Yes, he's a threat to Roman, but that's it. When you if you put the belt on him, who are his who's going to be his foil? Yeah. Kevin Owens. Okay, that's one feud, and that's it. No one else. You you put him up against um you know like um uh Gunther, mm-hmm. and there's there's no comparison. Gunther will squash him, and that's not what you need your world champion to look like. You don't need an underdog all the time, and that you put anybody against Sammy. Complete underdog. You put anybody against Cody Rhodes right now, and it's pretty much equal. It's equal, and if not Cody Rhodes going over, you know, it's mm-hmm. not him. Fa- it's not him fighting from under. Well, pretty much, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. That everybody's a threat to Cody, but Cody's a threat to everybody else. Yeah, and that's what you need. Roman, same thing. Anybody could be a threat to Roman, but when if they win that belt from him, how are they going to be perceived? And that's the J. That's the J problem. The minute if J beats Roman, I could see anybody beating J. Mm-hmm. I can't see anybody beating Cody right now. I could see anybody beating Sammy, but I can't see anybody beating Cody. Cody's lost two matches in the past year. Yeah, two. That's mm-hmm. that means something. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, how many matches has J lost in the past year? How many matches have Sammy lost in the past year? Like, exactly. You look at the booking, the, you know, like, they, they, you know, they were, oh, 50-50 booking, that's not the way it works. You get, you might get 50-50 booking sometimes in a mid-card feud, yeah. feud because one guy will win one, the next guy will win one, you know, kind of like the world what's going champion? on with Cody and Brock. But the world champion should never Can't be... lose. Exactly, yeah. And if you're having, you know, like, um, I don't know. It's it's just that you have to see your world champion as a threat. And if you have Sammy take that belt away and then immediately lose it to Roman, I'm sorry, uh, to Kevin Owens or to anyone, you've just devalued both wrestlers. You you've made Roman Roman's entire reign. Exactly. You can't just take the title off someone because oh, he's hot right now and then have nothing to sustain that storyline. That's why you need long, long storylines like this. And it's, it's, you know, like I don't even know how we got on this topic, but that's how you have to structure it. You can't. You got to look at well, who takes the title, and can we do something with that person? Mm-hmm. And if we can't, we can't put that title on him. Yep. Not now. Yep. That's that's. I mean, that's exactly it. That's the way they book. That's why people like. Briscoe and Funk and Brace and Flair were champions for, you know, years. And if, and, you know, a lot of them, nobody was, you know, champion as much as Flair was because Flair was the best at being the champion, being going, the, uh, the traveling and all of that. That was one of the reasons why he kept the title as long as he did is because he actually was good at, you know, going, being here one night, being someplace else the next night and the wear and tear on his body and he didn't care about it. He was just, you know, whereas, you know, a lot of the other guys after about a year, they were like, they were ready to like, okay, put, put the belt on somebody else. I'm quit. I'm tired of, you know, never being home. Yeah. Um, but they would always, you know, 
if they lost, if Flair lost the title, like the last time Flair lost the title in the WCW where we're at right now, he lost it to Dusty and he lost it for like a month. And then he won it back. Mm-hmm. So it would be like that. It would be like, okay, yeah, he lost it. Dusty finally run the title, but Flair won it right back. So mm-hmm. it was almost like that was a fluke victory by Dusty. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it kept the prestige of Flair's title on Flair. Mm-hmm. Because you hardly, he was hardly ever without it. Speaking of Dusty, <laughs> Dusty comes out to face Tully. <laughs> that, was, that was the match you're on. I thought we moved on from this. No. Oh, yeah, go on. So, okay, Dusty comes out. Dusty's being Dusty. He's doing the, you know, the hips and all of that stuff. Uh, Dusty gets the shine early in the match. Uh, Tully, Tully bails to the outside, which it's funny in this um, in, in in this little uh, uh, clip show or or whatever you want to call it, the best of show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all three of the horsemen that we see in matches do that. They bail to the outside when the other yes. guy starts getting heat. When the other side starts getting up, which is perfect perfect freaking thing to do i remember what match was it we were watching it was uh it was it was at raw i think it was dom <clears throat> i think it was the dominic mysterio match the uh the tag match with dom and um damian versus sammy and uh and kevin were like dominic I think it was Sammy started to get up on him and Dominic just immediately rolled out of the ring and the whole, the whole arena just booed. Like I'd never heard before. I was like, I can't remember the last time I've heard people boo for somebody rolling out of the ring like this. Like that's just such great heel work. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Dusty ends up getting Tully back inside. JJ comes into the ring and Dusty gives both JJ and Tully the bionic elbow. Uh, I thought that was a fun spot because I think uh, Tully was reaching out to him mm-hmm. and then Dusty pulls them both in. Both in. That, was a, that was a cute spot. I loved it. JJ, of course, selling the crap out of it like JJ should. Mm-hmm. Tully ends up be- begging off and then in, in the process of begging off ends up getting the, uh, getting the advantage. Dusty continues to fight back until the referee goes down. Dusty hits the slingshot suplex. But Tully's move, which is Tully's move, but there's no ref. And then Arn Anderson comes in and interferes in the match. And then Barry Windham comes in very shortly after. Then the bell sounds and chaos ensues and Arn and Tully are getting heat. And finally, Dusty gets the win via DQ. Now, this is how you do a breakdown DQ uh, you know, uh, chaos finish. And I wish more, um, I wish WWE and AEW would actually study this because you've got a baby face getting beat down by two guys. Another baby face friend of his comes out to try and help. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you've got all of them. You got Arn and Tully and JJ so there's three of them you got the bell ringing you've got you know just everybody starts just complete and absolute chaos Arn and Tully beating the crap out of Dusty Barry's down 
you know, and the bell just keeps ringing and finally they make the announcement that it's been in disqualification and it, it feels urgent. Everything feels real. It feels like it's happening in the moment. It doesn't feel like someone standing back there in gorilla going, okay, you go now. Okay. You go now send the security guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel staged. So that's, that's my two cents. But anyway, this was, it, it, it was a good match. It was a dusty yeah. match. Dusty can't do as much physically as he used to be able to. So he, Smoke and mirrors you with with psychology, which is fun by me because he was a master at it. Yeah. So moving on, we get the Tony and Magnum interview, which was really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really I didn't write down anything else, but other than it's really inspirational stuff to just hear Magnum talking about it. And even if you go back and you look at his, was that the dark side of the ring episode they did on Magnum and, uh, hear him talk about his accident and what it meant and how it changed his life and stuff. And listen to mm-hmm. him and how positive and how happy he is about it. And like, not happy that it happened, but you know what I mean? That, that he's still here and still able to, uh, you know, move around and, and isn't, you know, confined to a wheelchair all the time and so on and so forth. Like it's, he is, he's a really inspirational dude. A Magnum TA's a okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what you got to say? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, cause you pretty much summed it up perfectly right there. I mean, like it's, it's a shame that, you know, that his career was basically cut so short, mm-hmm. and like he, he he and he had he was just I don't know, I, I didn't get to watch him in his prime, but I've watched all his like I've been thanks to this um you know like what we've been doing here I've been I've been going back to some of his older matches and he, the guy was just I don't know he was like he he had the ability to go on another level, mm-hmm. and then yeah I, I don't know it's just. It's so it's so sad because the uh, yeah the 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 best of seven with Nikita, which was really the setup for him going up against Flair. You know what I mean? Like that was yeah. really the like because those that best of seven those matches the ones that they showed on television are just fantastic. I wish I could get video of all seven of them. Uh, that would be uh, if if hey Hunter, I know you listen to the show, so. Um, <laughs> If you could get to work on a Magnum TA uh, box set, a DVD that would be great. box set, that's like, you know, it doesn't have to be long, but I know you have all the footage from Mid-South and you have all the footage from Jim Crockett Promotions. So if you could get to work on that, that would be great. Thanks. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, also, and let us know what's going on with L.A. Night. Us L.A. Night fans really want to know. <laughs> That'd be nice, right? But um, it just—it just kills me that he was. You know, he really could have been. Magnum could have really been the like top star for years. Magnum would have yeah, been. Every, Magnum, he would have been. I, I think he would have taken the Sting's role basically in terms of just being a foil to Flair, to just being the face of a company. I think he would have been yeah, not only that, 
I think Mag- I think Magnum would have been the Hulk Hogan of the WCW NWA. NWA. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because he had everything. He was all American. He was great looking. You know, he could he had the work charisma, the body, the everything. Ring. I mean he was, you know, he and he was all American and like, you know, presented himself as a complete and total baby face, but yet still, you know, could fight. And also, like, he wouldn't have needed Flair to carry him as much as Sting did early in his career, you know, because you remember Sting was still really, really green when he debuted and started to, like, really build something. So, you know, Magnum would have carried them. But, of course, then again, who knows, because Crockett's books and their financials were so screwed up. Mm -hmm. Who knows what would have happened? That is true. Yeah, I'll give you that. But I don't know. He had everything. He had the um he had the potential. Mm-hmm. And it was unfairly taken away. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. Hold on a second. I gotta go take care of something real quick. Sure. I'll be here. Dooby dooby doo. So, yeah, hold on just a minute. Take your time. I have to mute it when I open a beer because it's so loud. Like, <laughs> it's funny. I open the beer and like my little, the little gauge, the little uh, decibel level is just jump all the way, way past red. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, that Whoops. must be really loud for the poor listeners that have their earphones on. <laughs> so, the all 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 six to ten people that listen to our show. Mm. So next, speaking of Magnum, we get Magnum's replacement in the top of tops of the uh, top tier of the industry. Nikita Koloff versus Ric Flair in Charlotte. For the World Heavyweight Championship in a no DQ match. What'd you say? I love this match. I thought it was so fun. Oh, yeah. Flair just chops him, realizes he has no effect, and just walks out of the ring. Like, yep, nope, don't want none of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, it starts off, it's so good. They did such a good job with this match. Starts off with a stare down. Nikita's getting chanted. Uh, I, I put Rick is an absolute master of facial expressions. Because you can tell, even before anything really gets going, he looks worried. You know what I mean? Like, just the expression on his face, he looks concerned about his title yeah. looking at Nikita. Every time he looks over at Nikita, he just, he's just got this look like, I don't know about this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Then he hits him with a chop and flare, like you said, Rick, immediately bails to the outside. <laughs> It's like, no, nope, I'm good. Nope, <laughs> this nope. isn't working. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. So uh, they start off with a nice slow start. I guess at one point, uh, Tommy Young must have gotten on the outside of the ring with Rick and they were arguing about something. Probably Rick was walking around and Tommy wanted to get him back in the ring. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I'm, that's exactly what happened. Okay. I wrote uh, that down. Let's see. Uh, 
Rick hits Nikita with a pile driver, and Nikita completely no sells the pile driver, and Rick bails again. <laughs> um, let's see. Rick misses with the knee drop, and Nikita hits hits the Nikita gets the figure four. Rick sells the crap out of it. He really mm-hmm. did. He's he sold that like he was absolute death. Um, uh, Nikita gets his arm hurt. But Nikita's still up. Rick goes into the ring post. And then we get a flare flop. And then we get a flare turnbuckle spot. And we find out that Rick split open. I'm guessing it was going to the ring post that did it. Well, that split him open in quotation marks where he bladed. But you can't tell. It's like, I couldn't tell where he did it. You know what I mean? Like you could, I guess you could look like where he might have did it. But he certainly didn't. look directly at the camera, pull the razor blade out, cut his own forehead open while being on camera, and then act like he's a badass because he cut his forehead open on camera. Moxley. I was going to say, who are you talking about? (laughs) Gee, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I don't have a... I know you don't really like blooded wrestling, and I... I think it can be, it's definitely, it has been overused in AEW. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, you need to know how to do it. And it needs to look believable and not, I don't want to see you cut your own head open. Like that completely takes everything out of it. Like that doesn't make it more believable. Mm -hmm. That makes it less believable. Sorry, Moxley did this interview where he talked about how blood makes uh, wrestling more believable because it's a combat yeah, sport. That. And I'm like, not when you cut your own head open with the razor blade right in front of the camera, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not that I hate blood in, in, in wrestling. It's just, it, you're right, it's over, it's overused. Mm-hmm. Or at least in certain companies, it's overused. You don't need to bleed every time. Not everybody bleeds every five seconds not not everybody's a hemophiliac in in professional wrestling yes and i mean yeah yeah i mean i almost like it the way that they do it i mean i'm sorry but i know there are certain matches including cage matches hell in a cell something like that where i think yeah if a guy gets a little bit of juice that's definitely going to add to it you know a good uh like a good blow-off match or a gimmick match like okay when Brock got the crimson mask against Cody, like that added to the match that added something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But how often do we see something like that happen? Almost never. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Cody got a hard way when they have their uh, bull rope match, which Mm -hmm. if this rubber match is not a bull rope match, I'm going to be a little disappointed in Cody. Because that was his, that was Dusty's match, and he's going up against a guy who claims to be a cowboy. Like, come on now. Yeah. But then again, maybe it should just be a straight wrestling match because so Cody can beat Brock clean. They're one and one, right? Yeah. Cody yeah. got the first win, Brock got the second with a tap out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go, I would just do a regular, regular clean match on that one. Well, why mess around with a gimmick? Yeah, they don't need it. It's 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 overbooking at that point for them. Had to think about how they were booked so far. Yeah, it was just, it was all singles matches. Just keep it. 
let the best man win this one. And it should and it should be Cody. My God, it needs to be Cody. I don't see why Brock needs to go over again. Oh no, it's gotta be Cody. This is yeah. this is exactly what they're doing is they're building Cody so that next time he faces Roman, he's not just a a a, a fan favorite threat, he's a legitimate threat. And I have yeah. a feeling that's the whole reason with this whole Brock thing anyway, is Brock's gonna be like I did, you had to go through me to be able to beat Roman. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know what? And, and you know, people are on, online are always criticizing, oh, there's no story yet. I mean, if that's what if that's where they go with it, which is what I was thinking, and if he just comes out and says and and I gives him his blessing to face Roman now, that's that's beautiful. That's good, it's great storytelling. Mm-hmm. Or as the kids say, that's cinema. I don't know if that's no, ironic or that. not. It's wrestling I hate, is not fucking cinema. I agree. I agree with that. But, um, you know, kids today, they like their slang. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, yeah, no, no. I, th- I think that's exactly, I think that's where it has to go. I mean, of course, I've said that a bazillion times during Triple H's, <laughs> during this past year, and Triple H yeah. has proved me wrong. But, I mean, that's just, that's what, to, in my mind, that's what makes sense. Is yeah. for Brock to be like... I needed you to beat me. If you're going to beat Roman, if you're actually going to be able, if you're going to have a chance at beating Roman, you got to be able to beat me at my absolute worst. Yeah. To stand, to really stand a chance. And, and that would explain why he turned on him in the tag match. That would explain why he's been this constant thorn in the side, preventing him from getting to Roman or getting to the world title. Or not the word title, but the WWE world, the, the, the belt Seth has. Did Did you fall into a cave? No, don't think so. Oh, okay. You were just must have just been really far away from your microphone. The sad part is, I really wasn't. Oh my goodness. Uh, we'll, we'll chalk it up to the internet. Yeah, there we go. It's all the internet's fault. Yeah. Damn you, Elon Musk. <laughs> it's Actually, all his no, fault. Fuck Elon Musk, but anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let's see. Nikita gets the figure four. Rick sells it. Uh, Rick gets split open. Um, yeah, I broke great match by Flair because this was this was a super entertaining match. Like, yeah, just always around. Uh, the ref goes down. Uh, Nikita hits the sickle off the middle rope, but there's no ref. Then Tully comes in and interferes, and there's only a two count. Uh, Nikita goes to the floor. It's a two-on-one, Tully and Flair, but it ends up being a double countout, and then Dusty comes out at the end. Like this, this yes, you're absolutely right. This was a fun match. This was a really just a fun house show match. Everything. Right. I mean, that just shows you, like, how do I want to say this? When you have two guys in the ring who can sell off each other, you just create a really fun match. Mm-hmm. You had Flair, you know, again, like you said, master of facial expressions. He's, you know, like he's giving Nikita his best and they're having zero effect on him. And he's just like, nope, the entire time. And it just, it just, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it just gets, draws the crowd in so much when you can see the effects that your offense is not happening. Like they're watching Flair. They know what he's capable of doing and they're seeing him 
look scared. There's and, and it's not just like he's not overselling it either, but he's selling it just enough so that the people at the furthest end of the arena can still see it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just beautiful. I mean, you really don't appreciate Flair how good a worker Flair was in the when you're watching this, you know, in like real time. But when you can watch it, analyze it, and just see everything he's contributed to the sport, it's just masterful. And right. that's why this—that's what makes this match so amazing because it's just fun. It's making it's Flair's just having you know, Flair's just selling like crazy for this guy for Nikita, and it's working. And I don't know. It was just to me, it was one of the best matches of the night on this on this card on this oh, yeah. what was it the, the Super Show. The super it, towns of the super station. super towns. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's. I don't. This. This could have been like a clash of champions, basically. Yeah, uh, I like know. A, like this, this was, was a pay per view style. You know, like yeah. It felt like a pay per view to me. Yeah, like, it did. I was like, it really did. Every one of these matches is a pay per view match. If you ask yeah. me. Except you know? maybe that tag match with the uh, twins. Yeah, it was good. Even it was good. But even that, that would have been like that. Could have been on a Starcade. Yeah, I mean, look at the opening matches we saw in Starcade '83. Yeah. You know, they were—I mean, I don't want to say they were nobodies because that's not true. They were somebodies at the time, but they weren't like big names. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I I I love this match. I love the double countout again. The DQs—it's a house show, so you know. Uh, for the most part, you're not going to get a lot of decisive victories. But again, and this is this is something I can't stress to people enough. Go to house shows. If WWE is coming near you and they're putting on just a WWE live event, it's not a Raw, it's not a SmackDown, go. I guarantee you, you will have fun. It is house shows are so much more fun than the TV tapings because you get to see different pairings that you wouldn't normally see. You get to see guys working on stuff that you're going to see later. Because when I went to the house show in December uh, and I saw uh, Theory versus uh, Rollins in the cage, that same finish they used later on on uh, Monday Night Raw. So. I was like, oh, okay. As soon as it started, as soon as the sequence started, I was like, I know exactly what they're doing here because I saw it at the house show. But it's so much more fun. The wrestlers are having more fun. They're interactive with the crowd. People, like, if you get up near the front, they'll sign autographs. They'll take pictures. Uh, it's just, it's a completely different atmosphere than the television tapings and it's usually a bit smaller crowd. Just, I, I know, I, I feel like I'm di- I'm doing a commercial for them, but I'm serious. Like, the, the house show, the live events are worth every freaking penny you pay to go to them. There. Did I get, did I put the house shows over enough? <laughs> you did a far better job than I would, and I feel the same way about house shows. They're, to me, they're much more entertaining than going to a Raw or SmackDown or to any, any televised show. But just, I mean, yeah, you don't get the, you may not have the Titans run or anything to see it if you get like a bad seat, but it's just, they, they're much, it's, it's an experience that you're definitely not going to get on a, on a TV show. No. 
Never. And it's a it's a far better experience. It's just I don't know. I I love I love going to house shows. I'll go. I've I've actually been to more house shows since they've returned the touring than I have to a Raw or SmackDown. I've deliberately not gone to a Raw or SmackDown because I can I can get I get much more bang for my buck by going to a house show. True. I like going to the, I like, well, number one, Atlanta usually only gets Raw or SmackDown. I have to mm-hmm. travel farther outside of Atlanta to go to a house show. Gotcha. But um, unless it's the big one, like this, the thing they did in December. But uh, I like going to the Raw and SmackDown here in Atlanta because the crowd's always hot. Yeah, we have one of the best. I think we have one of the best crowds in the country because you can always tell even when I go back and I watch it on TV, I'm like, we are loud and we are cheering for people and we're booing the right people. And we know exactly how everything's supposed to flow. And it's just it's fun. It's fun to be in a wrestling crowd that gets it. Yeah, it plays along. You know what I mean? Like. That's the one thing that I wanted to go to Collision for because Collision gets it and plays along for the most part. You know what I mean? Like the exactly uh, the because of I would hate to be in a dynamite audience because those people they don't they have no clue and they again like you said they sit on their hands half the time. Like I'm just like why why did you even bother coming to a wrestling show if you're just going to sit there and not cheer and not boo and not, you know, make yourself a part of the show in the best way possible by being a respondent audience. Like when we were at raw Seth and I mean, I'm sure they do this in a lot of the town, so I can't really say, but uh, Seth came out and it was Seth and um, Kevin and Sammy closed the show in the ring kind of doing a little bit of a sticky bit, but it was funny, but all three of them were like, you know, we've heard you in the back all night. Thank you so much for being such a great crowd. This is, you know, it's always, it's always wonderful to work in front of a crowd like this that, you know, is loud and, and uh, you know what I mean? So responsive. So it was, it's good. I like it anyway. Um, okay, last match. Why did they have to put this match last? Why did they even put this match on here? This match was bad enough when I watched it at Starcade 86. I didn't want to have to see another version of it. I think it's because the entire night they had, you know, when they would show certain arenas or uh, whatever arena that's in, they, they had the scaffolding set up. Yeah, That's the only thing I can think of because it was unnecessary. I, I mean... I guess it's one of those things. It's like once you've seen it, you've seen it. You don't want to see it again. But if you've never seen it, and I'm sure a lot of the people with cable didn't watch the pay per view, didn't watch Starcade '86 because you had to actually pay for that one. So here we Bro- go: Road Warriors versus the Midnight Express in Los Angeles in a scaffold match. Um, Bobby Heenan or Bobby Heenan, Bobby Eaton was the best thing about this whole this whole match to me in the very beginning because he was so just, I don't want to go up there. I don't want to go up there, Corny. I'm not going to go. <laughs> it finally gets up there and then he's crawling around on his hands and knees because <laughs> he's legitimately scared of heights. Yep. But uh, No, it was, you know, it was the same thing as the Starcade one. Uh, they brought out the powder. 
Again, I don't understand why you would want blind wrestlers on the scaffold. Um, as, only, as to the drama. Yeah, there's only so much you can do with a type of match by this, uh, like this. In the end, Bobby dropped, Dennis dropped, and the Road Warriors win. And they wrapped up and signed off. And that was uh, WCW from February, what was this, February 7th? Yep. Yes, February 1987. 7th, 1987. Overall, a very fun show. It was. I enjoyed it. I, it was much. I like the fact that it wasn't just quick squash matches like we've normally been getting from them mm-hmm. uh, when they try to fit everything in. So it was nice. I mean, I didn't like the. I, I would have appreciated more progress in the Luger Horseman storyline, but this was a nice little change of pace oh yeah well i'm sure we'll get that in the next one we oh watch. yeah next one definitely but and we're gonna do this because i need a palate cleanser from this company to begin with we're our next episode is going to be SummerSlam 2002 because i went through and i watched it the other night and i think we're gonna have a lot of fun reviewing this in a very good positive way oh well that's good i was i was trading this I was uh, when you started out. I was like, "Where is this going?" Duh. I mean, the matches are like, oh my god. Let me think. What are some of the matches? Uh, the Un-Americans versus uh, Booker T and Goldust. Okay. Um. Oh god, The Rock. I forget who The Rock is facing in the uh, main Summer event. S- SummerSlam 2002. Yeah. I just love it. it's Brock Lesnar. Okay, so The Rock versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Kurt Angle is in one of the opening matches, I think. Yeah, I guess Mysterio. So if that's the match I'm thinking, that's gonna be a five star classic, I think. Yeah. So I mean, it's it it is a great. It was a re- it's a really good pay per view. I'm not selling it short. Nah, I mean I'm looking at the card. The only matches that I'm not gonna that I have to wonder if they'll be good is Taker versus Test and. Well, we're going to skip this one. I mean, I'm sure it was good, but we're going to skip this one. RVD versus the uh, guy who shouldn't be named. Versus the kill- the murderer. Yeah, the murderer. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was a little sad about that, too, because I was like, RVD. And they were like, no. Chris Murderer. And I was like, damn it. Yeah. Why are you depriving I... me of my RVD? <laughs> I feel like the Michaels-Triple H match probably goes on too long. And I'm looking at Wikipedia, and it's good to give them 27 minutes, so I know they go too long. It's good though; they they but do I'm, a good I'm job. Sure, with I'm sure it, it's though. good though. I'm 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 hoping it's a good good match. It's an unsanctioned street fight, so that should be interesting. Yeah, uh, Test versus uh, Test versus Undertaker is better than 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 you would think. You would think, okay. Well, I mean, I Test mean, wasn't a bad good. worker. He just no, he no. had zero personality. Yeah. I mean, the rest of the card looks good. You got Flair versus Jericho, Edge versus Guerrero, well Eddie Guerrero. So that's got to be great. I'm pretty um, sure that's the opening match. No, the opening match is uh, well, uh, well, yeah, it's Angle versus Mysterio. Okay. Yeah, and if that's the one I'm thinking of, that's gonna that has the hot start, the um, transitions from submission hold from. All sorts of maneuvers. It's mm. it's that's gonna be that that's gotta be match of the night for me. I'm calling that now. I can't imagine anything topping that because I remember that match so well. If if it's the right one, I mean, I, 
don't think they fought anywhere else. I don't think they had a Survivor Series. I think it was SummerSlam that they had their match. My yeah, my only uh, honestly, and I hate to say this because you're gonna laugh. Mm. Watching it the first time, my match of the night was uh, Book Dust versus the Un-Americans. I'm not gonna laugh only because I'm curious as to why you would say that. Because I but. I mean, they have four amazing workers in there. You have Dustin, Booker, Lance, and Christian. I mean, yes. That's... And this is and this is uh, and this is is Gold Dust, who's actually like focused and yeah, and and really working well. And him and Booker T work well as a tag. I'm telling you, it's a fucking amazing tag match. Okay, I'm gonna keep my eye on that one. Hmm. So now that we basically spoiled our entire next episode for you, no, but see, we've done a good, we've done a good job. We finally did what we always tell, um, what we always uh, commend other companies doing for doing. We're promoting the next show. Yes, we've we've drawn them in now. Yes, all ten fans are going to come back, and they're going to tell at least one of their friends. So we're going to have twenty fans. We're going to have um, yeah, twenty fans next week. Twenty fans. You think we're going to? Oh wait, we didn't do that. We need to find out how many listeners we had for the last yeah. episode. Come on, 10. Come on, 11. I'm going with 15. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes up. I'm keeping my hopes up at 11. Okay, hold on. If I can bring it up here. Do, 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 do. I do, do, do. I just updated, so everything's once has to sign me back in. 10 plays for the Survivor okay. Series 2001 episode. Okay, that's not too bad, but now now we know that you know if they if they came back this week, we promoted our next show, mm-hmm. and they if they've gotten you know if they lasted the two hours, they will want to hear what we have to say about SummerSlam 2002 in this two-hour show. Yes. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. Uh, it's uh, it's been real and it's been fun, and it's been real fun, but it is. Almost eleven fifteen, Eastern Standard Time, and I've had three beers, so I need to uh, call do it something other than talk about wrestling and slur even worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys have a uh, everyone have a great day, night, afternoon, morning, whatever time you're listening, uh, and uh, tune in to the next week. If you're uh, dr- drop a like, drop a comment. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find us at back to the ring. You can find Rob at the real Pinoy Rob, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, you guys have a great one. And in the words of our good friend, Arn Anderson, it's been your pleasure. So long.